Hello and welcome back to the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm JW. And today we're going to talk about week one in the NFL. It was a pretty solid week one. There were a lot of close games, really exciting Monday night football to cap it all off. But today we're going to start with the first game of the NFL season. Let's talk about Bills versus Rams. We all thought this was going to be a very close game but it was a blowout. The Bills absolutely demolished the Rams, especially in the second half. The Rams really couldn't score in the second half. Matt Stafford had three interceptions, and Josh Atlin played like the Josh Atlin of the playoffs last year. What did you think about this yeah, game? Yeah, this game just did not look good for the Rams on either side of the ball. Uh, on offense, I mean... They were sputtering a lot. The run game was just not getting going. And Matthew Stafford, he was just not finding guys like Cooper Cup, who he was able to find last year and have all his success with. Um, and then on defense, I mean, Jalen Ramsey looked very beatable. Uh, Stephon Diggs was, uh, you know, cooking him all day. Uh, Gabriel Davis looked good against that secondary. And really, their, their defense just did not play up as enough if they, they're going to be making Super Bowl aspirations. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big factors in this game was the switch from Avon Miller from the Rams to the Bills. He was a huge part of the Rams defense last year, had a lot of sacks in the playoffs and also in the Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden he's he's on the Bills and he really adds an exceptional pass rush to that team, which really has struggled to rush the passer over the past few years. Matt Stafford was constantly under pressure. He was constantly getting hit. Von Miller had a few sacks. It's clear he's made a huge, huge difference to that Bills defense. And if the Bills defense can be as good as they were against the Rams, limiting them to only 10 points with Josh out in that dynamic offense, the Bills are going to be easily one of the best teams in the NFL. So from the Bills perspective, this was a dominant win. Josh Allen looked phenomenal. Their defense looked phenomenal. For the Rams, they really missed out on the running game. They could not get the ball going on the ground. They had to rely on Matt Stafford throwing for most of the game. And even though he was able to find Cooper Cup sometimes, as you mentioned, Cup was not as dominant as he was last year, at least like in terms of helping them get as many points. Yeah. And I mean, guys like Allen Robinson, who they expected to step up, really just did not make that big impact uh, for the Rams offense. And you could see it just was not getting going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they have Odell Beckham, who they had last year, who was a huge part of their Super Bowl run, is still unsigned. I really don't understand why the Rams haven't picked him up. He knows the offense. He's friends with Cooper Cup. He's friends with Matt Stafford. He, he will be a plug-and-play player. And for some reason, they haven't signed Odell Beckham, and they're having to rely on someone like Allen Robinson, who had one catch. Yeah, it, it was just not a good performance from the wide receiver core. I mean, Cooper Cup, like, you know, he's, he's, he's a great receiver in the NFL. He, he played good, but not up to what he was last year. But, uh, I mean, they need someone in this wide receiver room to get them going because their, their run game is not going to do it with Trevion Henderson – a not so great D line. Uh, Cam Akers wasn't even playing at all yesterday uh, or on Thursday. So, you know, the offense just needs something. Yeah. I mean, right now it's just Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. And Matt Stafford's still kind of injured. You know, 
Uh, he had some problems with his elbow, I believe, during the offseason. So he's not at 100%. I think the Rams will be fine. The NFC is really weak. So I think they'll find a way to still be a dominant team. But this was not a great start for them, especially being at home. For the Bills, on the other hand, I mean, it looked great for them. So now let's talk about the hometown team, the Houston Texans, who opened at home against the Indianapolis Colts. And for three quarters, it was shocking, this game, because the Texans were beating the Colts. They were up 20-3 to midway through the third quarter, or sorry, midway through the fourth quarter. And then the Texans started playing like the Texans of old. The Colts came back, scored 17 unanswered points, tied the game. It went into overtime, and they tied. It was an embarrassing tie. Neither of the teams deserved to win. The Texans punted the ball late to settle for the tie instead of trying to go for the win. What did you make of that decision of being not being aggressive and settling for the tie? Oh, I thought it was a terrible decision, especially when you're a team that's you know, not got a lot of expectations on you from the, you know, the national media, even on yourself, like this team is not expected to make the playoffs. You got to get a win wherever you can. And uh, you're on the Colts, like 48 yard line on, on like fourth and three. I think you got to go for it there. Cause if you get about 10 more yards, I mean, you're in field goal range kicking for the win. Uh, and that punt, I mean, that punt is literally just 100% giving up the game, giving up the win for a tie. So. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, the way the Texans' offense was playing did not give me much confidence that they could convert that fourth down. Davis Mills was pretty average this game, and especially late in the game, he just started missing people left and right. One of the big problems for him was that he overthrew like receivers like four times. You can't be making those mistakes as an NFL starting quarterback. So, J.W., what do you make of Davis Mills' performance? I mean, if you look at the stats, you know, he had a solid completion percentage, two touchdowns to O.J. Howard, no interceptions. But if you look at the eye test, I mean, some of those incompletions were just, you know, way over the receiver's head or just in the dirt, you know. He had a lot of incompletions that just looked really bad. And so, while the stats may say he played solid, I think the eye test kind of shows, you know, especially later in the game, he just kind of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can have too high expectations with Davis Mills. He is a third-round pick. It's only his second year in the NFL. He doesn't really have that much talent around him. And, you know, he's not terrible. He's a pretty solid quarterback. It remains to be seen whether he's a true franchise quarterback, but I'm not sure that this game reaffirmed my belief in Davis Mills because you mentioned the passes he was missing. Yes, he did have two touchdowns and no interceptions, but a lot of his throws were checkdowns. And even when he attempted long throws, sometimes it didn't work out for him. I think of one pass in the third quarter where Brandon Cooks is wide open. And if Davis Mills makes that pass, makes a good pass and makes a good throw, that's a touchdown. Instead, he underthrows Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has to go back for the ball. And instead of a touchdown, it's only about like a 40-yard gain, and they end up settling for the field goal. So really, Davis Mills has, I think he has to be a lot better if he wants to win the job for next year, because if he keeps playing like he did on Sunday, I think the Texans will look to draft a rookie in the draft, um, because you can't have a mediocre starting quarterback in the NFL. Let's talk now about the opposing team, the Indianapolis Colts. There's a lot of hype around them. 
they signed or they traded for Matt Ryan. And, you know, they thought with Matt Ryan, he would be kind of a more a safe quarterback. He wouldn't make the mistakes that Carson Wentz made last year. And that with their running game and with their defense, they would be able to win a lot of games. Do you think that Matt Ryan was the right decision for Ooh, them? I don't know. I mean, looking at one game, it wasn't so great for Matt Ryan. Really, the only thing going for this Colts team was that running game. Jonathan Taylor was just running over people. Uh, he looked really good, but Matt Ryan kind of he, – he sort of held them back, honestly. He fumbled a few snaps. Uh, he made some bad reads. Uh, he made some bad throws, especially in the red zone. I mean, he had multiple to get swatted away in the red zone, just not making good throws. So, I don't know if Matt Ryan was the right pick. Absolutely. I totally agree with you because the reason the Colts moved on from Carson Wentz is that they did not like that Carson Wentz was very turnover-prone and that sometimes he was a little too aggressive and sometimes cost them the game, especially late in the game. And Matt Ryan wasn't much better. He had an interception. He had two fumbles, which one of them which they lost. You mentioned the throws he was missing in the red zone. So really, instead of being the safe solution, he's kind of playing the same, at least in this first game, as Carson Wentz did. So, you know, it is still the first game. Maybe he's going to come out and play like MVP Matt Ryan, but not very impressive. Though I will say, if Rodrigo Blankenship makes the field goal in overtime, the Colts win the game, and all of a sudden we're not talking about how Matt Ryan was disappointing. So, who knows? Maybe the Colts can bounce back, and maybe Matt Ryan will play better and prove us all wrong. So now that we've talked about those first two games, we're going to move into our new segment, called Quick Hits. We're going to talk about lots of games in quick succession. So let's start. All right, JW. The Bengals and the Steelers played on Sunday. The Steelers ended up winning in overtime after the Bengals missed a go-ahead PAT in the fourth quarter. Joe Burrow had four, yes, four interceptions in this game. Should we be concerned about Joe Burrow? Look, maybe a little bit, but uh, it's too early for, like, Cincinnati Bengals fans to really be super concerned that he just doesn't have it anymore. I mean, he took you to a Super Bowl. His, his second to last game was a Super Bowl. He's still a good quarterback, but, uh, you know, if this keeps up, maybe maybe there should be cause for concern if it, this lasts a few more weeks. Absolutely. And, you know, the Steelers won with Mitch Trubisky. Are we on the Mitch Trubisky bandwagon now? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, okay, second game, Bears versus 49ers. In Chicago, it was rainy, it was wet, it was muddy. Trey Lance did not look good. Uh, Jimmy G just sat on the sideline all day while while Trey Lance scored only 10 points on that not very good Chicago Bears defense. Uh, should, should Jimmy G be put in these games? Um, I don't know. I think we need to give Trey Lance a few more games, but for the first start, it was not very impressive. You mentioned he only scored 10 points. Elijah Mitchell did get hurt in this game, which really, you know, hurt their running game. And also, I believe George Kittle didn't play. He's obviously a huge part of their offense. But a lot of people compared Trey Lance's situation to Patrick Mahomes's, And I think it was very clear from this game that Trey Lance is nowhere near where Patrick Mahomes was in his first year starting in the NFL. It's going to take some time. I think there's some potential, but definitely I think they should be concerned. All right, and for the next game, the Dolphins play the Patriots in Miami. And as has happened in recent history, the Dolphins beat the Patriots. They have Bill Belichick's number at home. 
Tua wasn't great. He made a few bad throws, but he was good enough to beat the Patriots. Should we be concerned about Bill Belichick and this Patriots team who really didn't make any big moves in the offseason? Look, maybe concerned about the offense, I would say yes. Mac Jones uh, didn't look good. The whole offense as a whole just really terrible. Only scored seven points. Uh, the defense, they look solid, though. Uh, only gave up, I think, 22, you know, an offense with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, a bunch of playmakers. So that defense is solid. If they can get the offense going, I think they'll be fine heading into the season. Uh, another offense that sputtered, the uh, Packers, losing their uh, rivalry game to the Niners. Aaron Rodgers, to the, Vikings. to the Vikings, did not look very good with his new receivers. Is there cause for concern there? I think there is. All offseason, Aaron Rodgers has been complaining about how these new rookie receivers aren't good enough. They're not playing at the same level as Devontae Adams did last year, and it really showed that he might have been right. I believe the new wide receiver from North Dakota State, um, he had a long pass thrown to him by Aaron Rodgers. Watson, I believe his name is, and he simply dropped the ball. It was an easy touchdown, and he let it go. So really disappointing from the Packers' perspective. I'm not sure how motivated Aaron Rodgers is going to be this year without Devontae Adams, without any real playmakers on the outside. So I think that he sh they should be really concerned. I would be really surprised if Rodgers bounces back from this loss like he did in their Week 1 loss last year against the Saints because now there's no Devontae Adams. And really, from his whole body language all offseason, you can see Aaron Rodgers is not happy with the situation in Green Bay. Uh, another big quarterback in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes, and he had quite the opposite experience as Aaron Rodgers. The Chiefs played the Cardinals, and the Chiefs absolutely wiped the floor with the Cardinals. Patrick Mahomes had five touchdowns. Is this proof that he does not need Tyree Kill? Uh, I mean, I would say, you know, sort of, but this, Char this Cardinals defense is not exactly known as being the best defense in the league. So when, you know, he faces better secondaries uh, later in the season, we'll really see if that loss of Tyreek Hill, if they can, if those defenses really hone in on Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster, and if they can't get any uh, separation over the top, uh, we'll see if that hurts Patrick Mahomes later. Absolutely. I mean, it's one thing to beat the Cardinals, who don't look very good, and then what happens when they're against the Bills, and they really need a superstar like Tyreek Hill to blow the top off that defense. Yeah, okay, another game. Uh, the Giants, who everyone thought was going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year, go for it on two-point conversion, down by one, to win the game versus the Titans, who are expected to have a really good year. Uh, is this looking good for Brian Dable? Could he be the, the future of the New York Giants football team? I mean, it was a great start for Brian Dable. Very gutsy move to go for it for the two-point conversion and win that game. Um but I don't know. I mean, Daniel Jones is still Daniel Jones. He threw a couple, of, I believe, a few interceptions in that game and did not look very good. Saquon did look great, which is good because Saquon Barkley has not been uh, very productive. He's been very injured over the past few years. But overall, I think it has to be it has to be considered a good start by Brian Dable. The Giants have been terrible over the past few years. Getting that Week One win is going to be great for them. So, also, in another AFC game was the Chargers against the Raiders in L.A. Even though it was in L.A., there were more Raiders fans than Chargers fans. But that's a different conversation for another day. Justin Herbert, three touchdowns. He's going to win MVP, right? Well, maybe hold your horses just a little bit. This Raiders defense is not the greatest. They're really known for their offense. Uh, and I thought both teams looked good. Justin Herbert certainly 
Uh, if he wants to win MVP, that's a great way to start. But uh, he'll have to keep that up and uh, play some other good defenses in the AFC West. Uh, and then the last game that we're going to talk about Monday night, uh, Russell Wilson, his return to Seattle uh, against uh, his former team. You know, he didn't really play that well. Geno Smith honestly looked like the better QB in that game. Uh, is there concerns that Russ and that Broncos team might be a little overrated coming into the year? I mean, I said it in our predictions. I think the Broncos are the most overrated team in the league. They really don't have that great of a roster, and it showed on Monday night. They could not score in the red zone. The Seahawks stopped them over and over again on the red zone. There were a couple of fumbles, but really, they couldn't score. You know, Russell Wilson primarily targeted a lot of his tight ends. Jerry Judy did have a very long touchdown catch, but it was kind of a fluke. Coralist Hunting couldn't really get in the game. So I would be really concerned if you're a Broncos fan because this Seahawks team is not very good and losing to the Seahawks should be a huge cause of concern. Let's also talk about the booing that occurred. Obviously, Russell Wilson's coming back. First game as a non-Seahawks player is in Seattle against the Seahawks. The fans booed him. A lot of people are criticizing the fans. Do you think the fans were right in doing him? No, I think the fans are totally right. This guy, I mean, he's the dude who you expect to be a franchise quarterback for your entirety of his career. You know, I think the fans thought after a few seasons, you know, they drafted him as a third-round pick. They took a flyer on him. He helped them get to a Super Bowl. You know, the fans should be grateful for that, but also kind of leaving them right in the offseason uh, just because they kind of have a worse team. Uh, it's kind of and asking for a trade, too, not just going to free agency. I think the fans do have a reason to boo him. Though I'm sure soon enough when he's retired, he'll come back. He'll, you know, raise the 12 flag and cheer the fans on and they'll still love him. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned that he requested a trade. And that's really the difference here between, say, Peyton Manning coming back to Indianapolis or Tom Brady coming back to, to New England. In both those situations, Indianapolis and New England didn't want uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady anymore. They let them go find new teams. In this situation, the Seahawks wanted to keep Russell Wilson Russell Wilson, after his first losing season as an NFL quarterback, decides, you know what, I'm out, I can't deal with this, request a trade, and this has been a thing that has been boiling over for many years. There were lots of rumors a couple years ago before he signed his new contract that he would go to the Giants. You know, I think he was putting out those rumors because he really wasn't happy in Seattle. And then uh, two years ago, obviously his statement his agent, excuse me, released a statement saying, you know, Russ doesn't want to get traded, but if he were to get traded, these are the four teams he wants to get traded to. So this has been boiling over for a long time. I think the Seahawks are justified in booing him. It's also worth noting, this is the first time a quarterback goes to play against their ex-team in the first game of the season. It's not like this was a Week 15 game. This was the first game. Seahawks fans have been thinking about this for a long time. So I think the booing is okay. Now, now that we've finished our quick hits, let's make our predictions for week two. Starting with the game tonight on Amazon Prime, the first Thursday night football, Chargers versus Chiefs, two incredibly good quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and, Ju and Justin Herbert. Who's winning this game? See, this is so tough. I mean, both of these offenses are absolutely amazing. Uh, and I think they'll, they, they're definitely able to just go score for score with each other. But I think this Chargers defense with Khalil Mack 
And uh, just, I think, an overall better defense than the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's what puts them over the edge. I think they'll be able to get that stop of Patrick Mahomes late in the fourth quarter, give the ball back to their offense, and let uh, Justin Herbert work. Yeah, I am going to agree with you here. I picked the Chargers to win the Super Bowl, so I'm going to stick with them. I think that right now they have a better roster than the Chiefs. Their defense played extremely well against the Las Vegas Raiders, have a really explosive offense. I think their defense will be good enough to stop Patrick Mahomes on a few drives this week, and I'm not sure the Chiefs defense will be able to stop Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is going to win MVP. I think he's going to be phenomenal, and I think he's going to tear the Chiefs defense apart. And ultimately, for that reason, I think the Chargers are going to win this game. Now let's move on to one of the marquee matchups on Sunday. The Buccaneers play the Saints. Two 1-0 teams. Are the Bucs winning this game? Or are the Saints, as they have over the past few years, going to keep beating the Bucs? Look, I think the Saints, honestly, they have a good shot this year of being the best team in that NFC South. Jameis Winston, he looked pretty good. He was slinging it. Uh, all last week, you know, guys like Jarvis Landry, uh, the Honey Badger, Tyran Matthew, they came back to New Orleans, their hometown, to play for the Saints team. And I think the Saints team is better than it has been in previous years. I think the Saints team gets the job done versus the aging Buccaneers. So I'm going to disagree with you here simply because the Saints almost lost to the Falcons. And in fact, for much of that game on Sunday, the Falcons looked like the better team. And the Falcons are tanking right now. The Saints should not be playing competitive games against the Falcons. They should be blowing the Falcons out. I think I am not a fan of Jameis Winston. I know there are a lot of people who believe in him, who think, you know, yeah, he throws a lot of interceptions, but he also throws a lot of touchdowns. I'm more concerned about the interceptions he throws. I also think that the Bucs are, you know, they were pretty impressive on Sunday Night Football especially their defense, limiting the Cowboys to only three points. That is with the Cowboys starting quarterback getting hurt in like the third quarter. I understand that, but at the same time, Dak and the Cowboys couldn't really move the ball in the first half. Yeah, I, I agree. They, they, were, they were kind of dominating that Cowboys team. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is a low-scoring game. I think even though the Saints have had the Bucks number over the past few years, they squeak out a win and improve to 2-0. So that's going to conclude this episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to share our podcast with whoever is interested in the NFL, whoever wants to learn more about the NFL. And make sure you stay tuned next week. We're going to cover all of the important Week 2 games, and we are going to make our predictions for Week 3. Once again, thank you and goodbye.